This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast illuminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is underwritten by Syraclad. The Syraclad Rainscreen Fiber Cement Siding System, a proven track record of performance in Japan for nearly 40 years. Zero chemicals, triple coated and factory finished color layering. The ceramic and photocatalytic coat provides 365 day self-cleaning and a 20 year fade limited warning. This high performance siding system serves as an honored innovation with parent company Panasonic and Kubota. For more information, please visit Syraclad.com. For our guest today, we're honored and excited to welcome Kim Russell, Balboa Island Fine Art Gallery owner, a gallery with extraordinary artists and stunning collections unique around the world. You can find them on the web at balboaislandgallery.com. Again, that's balboaislandgallery.com. Kim, great to have you on the show. Thank you for being, thank you for inviting us to your uh, gallery. Well, Tom, thanks for being here. You, we like to start our, our show with, uh, if you have any quotes or mantras that stick out in your mind, just about your life personally or professionally, if, there, if there's anything that you can think of that kind of sticks in your mind about um, a, a way of living life to you. Wow, that's a, um, that's a great question. <laughs> I think that, uh, this is going to sound a bit trite, but our philosophy here in the gallery is kind of more of a kumbaya. We're really looking for synergy and being able to play off each other's strengths in a environment that is, you know, warm, supportive without, you know, a whole lot of drama. I love the, the synergy. Why does that matter so much to you, that, that you wanted that sort of culture in, a, in the art gallery? Because I think it's sustainable. If you don't have synergy and everybody's not working together, then you just have an, uh, a, I think, a um, environment, a conflict, which you know, is, you know, if you're talking about commissions or things like that, or people being aggressive and selling, that's always good. But it's how how it's done, how does that process get managed, and um, how do people relate to each other, and are they able to go to their coworker? And say, well, gee, you know, you're really good at this. Can you help me? Or can you help the customer? Or, you know, what do you think about this idea? And so on. So I was just really looking for a more of a team concept and collaborative agree, um, environment. Yeah, that, it's interesting. You talked about the sustainability. That's something that just can keep enduring. What does it mean to you to be sustainable? Uh, I Well, it would be continued customer-based, continued client relationships, um, referrals from people that they may not buy anything, but they may like the vibe in the gallery. They may like to come in and just be in the store because it feels good. And they may have ideas and things that um, we hadn't even thought of. You shared with me that one of the artists or the, um, the, the Hawaiian mm-hmm. that you, you said, oh, it would be perfect in a hotel in Hawaii. Why is that, if you can explain to uh, your listening audience? Sure. So that picture is by Kathleen Carrillo. She's been painting for 
probably 50 years, uh, very, very accomplished global artist. And the reason that I said that is that the name of the painting is called The Gift. But The Gift is such a welcoming painting. You look at it and the expression in the eyes of the um, gal in the painting is very warm, very welcoming. And to me, it it is very Hawaiian or very tropical. So whether you're looking at a, um, a hotel or lobby or restaurant lobby in Hawaii, or you're looking at like a Tommy Bahamas or a um, Billy's on the Beach or something like that, that again is kind of more um, tropically driven. I just think it's a beautiful picture. And it makes people look at it and go, wow, it's really warm and inviting, which is what people want to feel like when they go into a place of business. That warm and welcoming, it's definitely uh, in your gallery. It's, I, I feel that and sense that. How, how and why did that being warm and welcoming matter to you? You know, if you can look back as far as you can, either personally or professionally, what is it about being warm and welcoming um, continuously, as we say, sustainable, that really matters to you and why it matters to you? Well, that's a great question. Um, I think that, that that type of environment allows the best in people to come out when you put yourself in an environment that isn't that, that is more... Um, I don't want to use the word combative because that's the it's too strong, but that is just not doesn't allow for you to be your best. You're not, you know, and you're you know it's kind of twitchy. You're constantly, you know, <laughs> looking around like okay, <laughs> twitchy, twitchy. Yes. So I I think that if you have an environment that allows people to be the best that they can be. It's up to them to take those steps and to make it. And if if they can't and they, they don't fit, then they'll leave or they'll be gone. Well, I know our, our show is obviously architecture and innovation. And we'll focus at least for the moment on the, on the, the innovation part of it. Is that same, talking about sustainability, that, that transcends time. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about. That's that's not a trend or an innovation. That's something that would actually spark the innovation. What's your thoughts on that? That warmth and welcoming. I'm not sure I understand that your question. That it would actually spark innovation because they feel comfortable. Oh, right, yes. right. So they're free to express their ideas or okay. free to have these open communications without feeling like someone's going to mock them or be critical or condescending or... Look at them like, oh God, you're such a dope. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know it's like, I, I just think they're, it's, it's just different. You know, it's, you know, maybe um, it might sound a bit sophomoric and trite and Pollyannish. It could be all of those things. That doesn't mean it's any less worthwhile. Oh, I like that a lot. Now, how do you find your artists or do they find you? You know, um, that's such a great question. So Kathleen Carrillo, I actually have known my entire life. Her mother and my mother were best friends. And her little brother and I went from nursery school to college together. 
And then fast forward 50 years, she married my brother. So it was so bizarre and so fun. And, um, you know, there's so many offshoots to that because you don't have this unknown of having somebody come into your family. And you, you, I mean, I've known Kathleen's family forever. So that's, and in uh, looking at her artwork, I just was so impressed with it because of the diversity of her paintings and her, <clears throat> the use of color and contrast and medium and so many things. She's just so incredibly talented that I felt that the world needed to see it. And I had never seen anything like the majority of the artwork, <clears throat> excuse me, that you see here anywhere else, certainly not in Newport. So I thought, well, I think people should see this. How is the vision that you have to have, although you shared that you're not an artist, correct? No, I'm okay. not. But in, in a way, um, this is my, my belief, is you are, in a sense, not even in a sense, you are, because you're, you're having to have a vision for where the art can be and the artist's place in the space. Mm -hmm. So you are, it's a, that's artistry to do it like that. What's your thought on that? Is that true? Or, uh, or? I'll, I'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, you don't have to. You can. No, I am. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, technically, I mean, I'm lucky to draw a stick figure, but oh. <laughs> it's okay. just not my, it's not my skill set. The, um, but I do love art and beauty and, and I know what I like and I pretty much make my selections based upon that. I can't for forecast what everybody else is going to like. And, you know, nor do I try. This is fascinating. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. Our guest today is Kim Russell, found, founder and owner of Balboa Island Fine Art Gallery. You can visit them on the web at balboaislandgallery.com. Again, that's balboaislandgallery.com. Kim, when you uh, do you interview the artists as well, not just, oh, I like their art and bring them on, or do you, do you want to know a little bit about them personally before you actually bring them into the gallery? Oh, I do. Okay. So the um, most of our artists are local. So uh, I have an artist by the name of uh, Kathy Kehoe Bambeck who is amazingly talented. She, she utilizes uh, gouache on watercolor. She does, um, uses, she, paints on archival paper. So it's, you know, it's designed to last forever. She works with a company called Bits and Pieces and is contracted by them to develop the original artwork that they use to construct <clears throat> jigsaw puzzles, um, placemats, garden flags, all kinds of things. And her it's so detailed that you'd look at it and think that it is truly um, computer-generated. It's that exact. And it's not. It's hand-painted. And she's, she's just awesome. She's a wonderful gal, as is all the artists. But, um, but she was someone that just happened to come into the gallery and said, oh, you know, I'm Kathy, and we were over on Agate, and, um, which is where our initial gallery opened. 
and is also our overflow gallery. And I chatted with her and liked, at the time it was Christmas, and I was looking for Santas and snowmen and you know, things that were more traditional um, traditional uh, holiday paintings. So that was when Kathy and I met. Was there a special a feeling that just kind of sparks in you to you go, I think there's something with this, with almost your art, with your people, with everything? Yeah, I'm looking for connections. Okay. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of people in the world that, you know, just kind of like come in and they dump it all in you and they want you to do it for them. And then there's people that, that are there to help. You know, it's like, what can I do? Can I help you? What do you need from me? How can I make this better? And the artists that are in this gallery are those type of people. And it's very much appreciated because, you know, we're basically a new business. We're only a year old. I don't have, you know, 15 people working here. I have a very select crew. And every so everybody has to work together in this kind of collegial environment both artists and salespeople and owner. The connections, is that also, uh, have you met some of either the homeowners or business owners that purchased the paint, your, your paintings and seen their spaces? Well, I really haven't had any business owners purchase my paintings. So, but I go into their stores. Okay. The, um, the Balboa Island Museum is, a. Uh, um, a great place to go and just it's so pretty inside and they do a, a great job and <clears throat> Sir Lamar on the island is really a beautiful store so you know you look in that and it's artistry they all have their own artistry I mean and not to leave anybody out because the um, the stores on the island are really you know they're well run they're well merchandised you know and you know, it's it's a great um, group to be a part of. Well, you said that their own artistry. So there's a connection with everyone, even though they have the individual their individual differences. But there's still a connection, and that they are people who want to be engaged and want to oh, connect. Sure. That's what's I find fascinating. That it's a, there's a thread, a common thread about the kind of people mm-hmm. that are the, not just artists, but the people who purchase their art. Well, you look at Magnolia Charlie's, which is across the street from the gallery, with all these, you know, children's clothing that is just well merchandised and so beautiful inside. And, you know, it's just fabulous. I mean, so all of that, to me, is art in a different form. It takes a different, it's expressed differently. Um, There's another, you know, it's not necessarily an art gallery, but within the context of its business model, it's its own art form. Its own art form. Look back as far as you can, Kim. How long has it been that you've always had a bit of a fascination with art and artistry? Well, my parents were very visual, aesthetic people. I mean, um, so there was a lot of emphasis just growing up on, for example... So my dad, 
you know, Christmas was a big deal. So everybody, you know, we just want to rip the presents open. And everyone, my dad would hold up and talk about how beautiful the paper was and the ribbon and the bow and take the time to point it out so that people would appreciate the beauty and the time that went into um, constructing that. You know, so that's probably where it started as Mustangs, you know, in the beginning. Literally, would take the time to point out, out whatever the gift was wrapped in, all the, the paper, the color, the feel, Which the was texture. Torturous for an <laughs> eight year old. It's like, I did not care. It's like, okay, dad, open the present. <laughs> <laughs> torturous. That's a hilarious. You use the word torturous to. Oh, well, you're eight years old. It's Christmas Day. I don't, you know, I'm being forced to appreciate beauty and. And so that was good. And yet you do now. Yes. So it really stemmed from there that you really looked at the details and the fine details of life. Repetition. Oh, yeah? Yeah, every Christmas. <laughs> so you would get a bit of a history on the wrapping or who, look at aunt so-and-so? or No, but just look at how beautiful the paper is or the, the my sister wraps particularly beautiful presents. Okay. And she's, she's, a, um, she's an artist in her own right. So it was just, you know, it was just part of, you knew when it came to dad's turn, it was, you were in it for at least five minutes. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Yeah. Now, how about your, even your gallery, the, the look and the feel of it? It's got like a shiplap. Um, mm -hmm. It's recently painted. It's, it's got, there's a warmth, but I don't know how old this building is, if you do. Oh, this building's old. Well, yeah. So this building was purchased by a guy named Kent McNaughton back in May, and he, um, you know, it was when I was the first tenant here, and it was, um, it was old and run down, and he really has done a magnificent job of um, painting it and revitalizing the building and, you know, upgrading it and just making it a better place, like with the split air system and so on. So um, with that, it's changed the feel. It's a much nicer space. How, do you know how old the building may be? Oh, I think it's at least 70 years old. Because this, is, this was, I moved here in 86, and this was owned by a family that had owned it for like 30 years. So it's got to be a long time. This used to be a um, a seashell shop, and two sisters owned each owned the building. Their family owned it, and they had a little these two stores, and they had a walkway between them. And it was it was fun. They had a big it was it was a well done store. They had it for years. And you share with uh, your audience. Oh, we're going to uh, reintroduce you. We're talking with Kim. Russell, the owner of Balboa Island Fine Art Gallery. You can visit him on the web at balboaislandgallery.com. Again, that's balboaislandgallery.com. Going back to, you know, the island itself mm -hmm. and why you choose, you don't have to share why you chose to live here, but why you live here and then why you actually have your gallery here and what type of clientele come in. Well, I just um, happened upon the island. Okay. It was, you know, a fortuitous event. 
I was I was uh, living in Manhattan Beach and had come down to go out on a friend's boat that happened to be more um, had a dock space on the island, and so I went for a walk. Uh, walked down the street, and a man was hanging a sign that said apartment for rent. And I was kind of looking. And I said, well, could I see that? And he goes, sure. So it was the cutest apartment ever. It was had a, it was high and had a lanai, so it kind of reminded me of Hawaii. And it had a view of the pavilion and it had a downstairs patio built in, built in, um, uh, dressers and so on and so forth. And so I ended up renting that apartment and um, thinking with no long-term plans to stay here. And then I discovered a tennis club and made friends. And, you know, it was totally different than the San Fernando Valley. You know, so sure. <laughs> this is pretty nice. And uh, I never left. And then the inspiration for the gallery itself. Oh, well, the the, the Galax I, I mentioned, I really felt that um, initially Kathleen was my only artist, you know, for all the right reasons, because she was married to my brother, and, <laughs> and I really liked her work, so that made it pretty easy, and um, and I thought people should see it, and I knew that they hadn't, because Kathleen has a um, very, very large gallery down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. So she spends half the year down there and the other um, off-season up here in, in Carlsbad. So I knew that people hadn't really been exposed to her artwork. So I thought, okay, well, I have absolutely no experience in this. Let's try. <laughs> <laughs> and what makes you do that? Where you, you actually get, it's, it's like a, a happy courage, courageousness. Uh, I could. There's a lot of adjectives you could apply to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's it's probably a a, a a broad combination of a lot of things, but um, you know, certainly um, naivete. You know, it was, it was. I just stepped into it and said, "Okay, well, I can do this." And the way you are. What uh, what do you see if you can if you can envision in the future for some of the works, the gallery, you know, and its and its place? I think at least then this is just my opinion, but I think that um, that you have to change with the the culture and the environment that you're living in, and so right now we have you know a lot of stuff going on globally in terms of um, fine in the financial markets and all of that impacts buying patterns of people and where they're going to focus their resources or their discretionary income. And I think you have to respond to that. And I, th I think that that's changed a little bit in terms of the gallery right now. Um, everything we have in here, well, not everything, probably 80% of what's in the gallery are original works. And we're going to change that because we need to be able to have the same work, smaller scale, in a different format, i.e. <clears throat> jacques or prints that people can afford to buy, still have the beautiful artwork that they want for their home, but be able to afford to do that. And if you don't, 
I'm not going to sit here and s just sell originals when I don't think that I'm, the market would necessarily... It's not that the market won't support it. It's that the num the the pool of people that's involved in that I think has has shrunk. That ability to adjust, how important is that to um, to the gallery? I think it's critical. Yeah, I think you have to adjust or, or either, you know, adjust or perish. I mean, it's you know that's I didn't make that up. That's yeah. that's got better a long time. Yeah, but you're time. pretty firm about saying it, though. Well, I just think that the you you know you have to adapt. So if you know if if I have something in the gallery and it's just really a hot item, I'm not going to quit carrying it. I'm going to want to have more of that because I recognize that it's popular. And conversely, if I have something that people just are not interested in, then I'm not going to allocate. Um, as much space to, but even when in the context of the gallery, we not only have paintings and original paintings, we have um, custom-made fine jewelry. We have we have um, uh, scarves and and um, made on a Siori loom that people use to accessorize their outfits. We have a gal that makes a Chucky Chenille handmade throws for like lap uh, blankets for wheelchair people or baby blankets, scarves, etc. So all of that is still in the context of the gallery. So it isn't, it is more than just, it isn't just paintings. You know? Wow. And the scarves are beautiful. I mean, there's, you've, seen them they're um especially when people come in it's one of the things they comment all of them have commented on right away uh, oh yeah they love it they're so soft and you know they're silk and cashmere and and they're priced appropriately i mean they're priced very competitively what would you like to share kim that we haven't talked about with your audience today anything in particular that you like to say that we didn't touch on that you think you'd like to share with everyone Sure, we're located at 208 Marine Avenue on Balboa Island. That's B-A-L-B-O-A Island. If you're in the area, please stop in and say hi. Love to um, to meet you and take you around our gallery. Excellent. Thank you, Kim. It's been a real, um, always an honor and, and a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for uh, being on your show today, really. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you. You're listening to The Architecture an innovation podcast by Sierra Clad. Our guest today has been Kim Russell, Balboa Island Fine Art Gallery owner, a gallery with the um, extraordinary artists and a, a number of stunning collections that is unique, quite unique um, for around the world. For more information, feel free to visit their website at balboaislandgallery.com. Again, that's balboaislandgallery.com. Go ahead, Kim. And you can follow us on Instagram. Oh, thank you. At Balboa Island Gallery. Perfect. And Facebook. Thank you very much, Kim. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is recorded from the offices of Cyraclad in Redmond, Washington, and on location like we are here today. The executive producer and host of Architecture and Innovation is yours truly, Tom Dioro. Thank you for listening. Cyraclad is a high-performance fiber cement siding system in one size with triple coat technology and 365 days of self-cleaning. 
along with a 20-year fade limited warranty. Cereclad also offers hundreds of design options. For more information, feel free to visit cereclad.com.